Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I am your host, Kane Pittman, joined by the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And uh, we're going to talk All-Stars tonight. I know we sort of teased this a little bit last week. Uh, before we jump right into this, Frank, I just want to... Uh, it's been a strange day. I, I feel like uh, Bucks Twitter has already gone into a little bit of a meltdown with the, with the Bucks not playing today or having a few days off. There was a lot of concern about Giannis, uh, the fact that he wasn't on that plane or there was no social media coverage of him. Uh, I will just first of all say that it's not as uncommon as people would think that stuff like this happens where a guy might not travel with the team. Giannis is going to be in Paris. I I did reach out to the team during the day and didn't get anything back from them in terms of anything official, but the Twitter sleuths were out and I had a bunch of people message me during the day and say that they saw him at the airport. <laughs> One person said that uh, he had 100% confirmation that, that he was at uh, O'Hare today. So I would suspect by tomorrow that little uh, that, that day of excitement will be over and Giannis will be in Paris. And we already spoke about this. If Giannis didn't go to Paris, I'm sure the league would be uh, very, very upset about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, giving Giannis a DNP rest in a, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, international showcase game probably would uh, not earn the bucks. Uh, uh, they'd probably get some nasty grams from the league, as you might imagine. Um, and, and obviously Giannis not being on the injury report, uh, basically since we all started bemoaning his, uh, his back in that Sacramento mm. game, uh, he's seemingly been playing at a, at a higher level, seemingly looking healthier since then. So uh, obviously all, all good things. Only, I guess the only downside, Robin Lopez, Unfortunately, uh, obviously he's been out with an illness. I'm not exactly sure the details there, but uh, apparently is not traveling this week uh, to Paris, which is uh, is a bummer because he would have had time to go to Euro Disney. And just in general, I mean, more Robin Lopez content is always better in my book. So I'm, I'm bummed for Robin that uh, regardless of whether he plays or not, you know, I don't think the Bucks need him to play. It's been, you know, Kind of cool seeing Dragon Bender get some some run, but um, hopefully uh, Robin starts to feel better soon because uh, obviously it's a, a unique thing here to to have the Bucks in Paris, and uh, sad that any of these guys would have to miss out. Yeah, unfortunately, he wasn't there last night because I would have loved to uh, just get a little taste of how actually disappointed. Robin Lopez was to to not be able to go to Paris. I know Giannis last night was talking about, this is a big reason why you knew he was going to be there because he was specifically talking about going to Disney with Brooke and, and uh, the, all the guys seemed really excited about the trip. So, uh, yep, nothing to worry about there. looks like Giannis will be there by uh, tomorrow for practice and whatever other fun stuff they're going to get to in Paris. So before we get to the All-Star thing, I do want to throw one thing at you. So I did not mention this last night, uh, but Giannis did get a score. He's 10 uh, or reached a 10,000 point uh, mark in his career. So I, I just projected this a little bit uh, further here. So let's just say he plays 30 more regular season games this year. 
and then uh, you know roughly 20 playoff games at the rate that he's currently at, 30 points per game. That'll get him another roughly 1,500 points. So let's just say that he's around the 11,500 point mark this season. For the next 10 years, if he this is this is just shows how difficult well, it is let, to get to these let marks. Me, let me ask you this, but I mean the playoff numbers don't count for the franchise scoring stuff, right? So it right. would just be the just be the thirty, right? So like a thousand points or something like that, nine hundred thousand points this year. All right. So all right, so that's okay, so let's say that he's at eleven thousand then. Or or roughly around there. Even if for the next ten years he averaged twenty five points per game playing seventy games that's still only going to get him to... I mean, it'll get him around the top 10 all time, but I, I, the, and around 28, 29,000, which uh, right now, 10th on the all-time list, uh, Alvin Hayes is at, uh, what's he at? 27,313. So it was interesting when I saw that he did pick up the or get to the 10,000 points yesterday because it feels like it's just happened so quickly considering he only scored 500 points in his rookie season, averaged six points per game. Is and a lot of this comes down to obviously good health and good luck and all those types of things. But is how how many points would you, what would you put the over and under right now, considering the 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 pace that he's been at and the fact that he just continually improves? You know, I, honestly, as much as we think of Giannis as being a guy who has you know the potential to be a all time top ten player, maybe better than that. Uh, uh, you know, he's obviously doing things that, that nobody has seen before in the league and doing it in, in spectacular ways. So trying to think about, you know, okay, wh- wh- where is he going to end up when he finishes is uh, it's, it's not an unreasonable thing to do, even though he's only 25. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I had not really thought about it before. Yeah, I'm throwing this I, at you. <laughs> the, the ten, no, no, but, but well, and the 10,000, I mean, it's, it's true. I, had, I hadn't even thought about where he was. Yeah terms of career scoring i mean the nba you just don't it's like other sports like you know with the nfl and certainly baseball career you know raw numbers just matter so much more whereas in basketball we just i just think we don't really think about them that much um you know i don't think anybody knows really off the top of their head like what is the total assists or rebounds or blocks record you know like i think i might have some decent guesses at those but um they're just not really things that people think about and so the point the point number is really the only one that i think ever really gets talked about much in terms of just like raw total stats um so yeah i mean i think uh it's it's an interesting question i think uh yeah certainly like mid 20s you would certainly hope that would be that would be something that would definitely be within reach and and obviously the main thing there is you're assuming he maintains pretty good health um and again, that but it's such a challenge, right? Like we haven't really seen someone like Giannis, and so to try to project how he'll age into his mid thirties, and right. you know, I mean, we're kind of spoiled with LeBron and just how you know unreal his aging curve has been, or the lack of an aging curve has been with him. So who knows, right? I mean, Giannis could be a freak like that, or maybe he's not, right? I mean, you just don't know. I mean. You know, if he has knee problems in his early 30s, I mean, that's, that's you know, six, seven years away. That's so far away, you know, like, who knows what, what could happen. But obviously, you just kind of cross your fingers that, yeah, that he could still be playing at that really high level into his mid to late 30s. Who knows, right? I mean, his, I, I imagine he will continue to, um, you know, evolve his game as great players always do over time. But, uh, yeah, I mean... 
again, I, th- I think he's got every chance to be a top 10 player all time. And again, then I think whether you become a top five player all time, I think that's really where you have to get really lucky in terms of health. Um, you know, you don't, you don't become a top five flare all time with some luck just as far as good health and just being, having a, a really long career. And then also obviously you generally have to have probably maybe some luck, you know, maybe some title runs go your way that maybe other guys don't have, or, you know, things kind of break right for you and you win maybe a little bit more than, than maybe, um, you know, some other guys have. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully it all happens in Milwaukee. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with MyBookie. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to MyBookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you're tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain, MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. That's That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra 1000 bucks in free money to play with. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is the most important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on MBA, you'll get 40% off a Calm Premium membership. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on MBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. Yeah, I mean, a good example of that is is Kevin Durant right now. And he's currently uh, sits 31st uh, on that list, just uh, 60 points from 23,000 on his career. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's a significant uh, injury that he's had and takes a whole season away. And, and when you look at all the guys at the top and, and LeBron, obviously right now, I mean, he's no one. I, I don't think anyone would rule out the fact that he could, he could actually catch Kareem. I mean, the, the, at, the, at the rate he's going at. So, yeah, there's a lot of luck involved there and it's hard to predict. But uh, at that rate or at the, or the, the rate that Giannis is scoring right now, he's certainly a chance to, to sort of crack that top 10, which is pretty fun to think about. But uh, I, you know, when you think about him reaching the 10,000 point plateau, it's, it's kind of uh, overshadowed when he won an MVP a few months ago. And that's the kind of funny thing about it. He's been uh, making all these achievements or uh, getting all these achievements before this. And the points just have kind of accumulated. And that's just the kind of stat that is, but that's, Let's get into the all-star stuff now. I know you said you've got your list down. 
I certainly like, uh, I didn't write a list down specifically, but I was thinking about a couple of players that uh, I'm sure I'll be interested to know who you've got and then throw um, a couple of uh, potential decisions that are going to have to be made. And one of them is going to involve one of the Bucks players, but I don't know, where do you want to start? Who, what was the toughest decision for you or what were the, the, the difficult decisions you had to make between players because I, I think in the east right now that one of the biggest question marks for mine when i'm looking at all-stars is how many players putting up big numbers on bad teams do you actually reward with an all-star spot at this point yeah that's and that's probably i think that is a good place to start because um i i think it, it we're gonna find out here i think thursday is when the all-star starters are announced and um you know, the, the, the guard, the, the second guard spot in the East probably worry, you know, as, as someone who is hoping that Chris Middleton makes it easily. Um, but that in general, obviously you always hope that, that good players on, on good teams doing, you know, that have sort of the combined resume of team success and individual success. I, I personally always hope those guys are rewarded above, above all else. Um, let me let me frame it this way too, just just as far, and you can tell me if you disagree with this, but because um, this kind of dovetails with I think what you're asking about, um, you know, I think people have different criteria they apply a little bit. Uh, you know, personally, I view this as this is a uh, this year production type question. I'm not factoring in last year the playoffs. Like maybe that could be like a tiebreaker if you have two players and one of them is very established and one of them is you know a rookie or something like that. Like maybe I would, you know, give the, the proven guy more of the, the benefit of the doubt, but um, I don't factor in how fun a guy would be in an all-star setting. I don't care about that again. Hey, I want the all-star game to be entertaining, but I also know people are just going to complain about it regardless. And we're going to (laughs) forget about the game within, you know, hours of it happening. So to me, it's really just the important thing is, you know, that, that this sticks on guys resumes for, for the long term, right? I mean, if you make one or two all-star teams versus you never make an all-star team, that's really important, you know, when you think about kind of the long-term perception of, of guys. Um, so, I, again, I'm, I'm, I don't care about the aesthetics so much. Um, I don't care about, um, you know, what you did last year. Uh, for me, it's about what you're doing this year. I think uh, for injuries, um, you know, common sense, I think you'll see here I've got a number of guys that have missed some time. Uh, but I also think there are examples where guys have missed, you know, like a bubble guy, uh, who misses a lot of games. Um, I think that becomes a lot tougher. Uh, you know, like, like Malcolm Brogdon's probably a good example, right? Um, he's, he's now missed double digit games here. Um, you know, he's played 32 games. Let me see how many, I think he's missed like maybe 12, something like that. Maybe more. Yeah. He's played 32 and the pages have played 44. Right. So, that's more than a quarter of the season. And so I think for bubble guys, that, that kind of stuff matters. I mean, Kyle Lowry, I think that's um, a talking point as well. I mean, even Middleton, you know, play, missing seven to me, that's not as big a deal. Um, Cause I don't think, I don't think he's a, a bubble guy ultimately. Um, but you know, like Kyrie, come on, right. Like Kyrie's played like a quarter of the season or something like that at this point. Like, you know, aside from him just being a, a tool in general, <laughs> like, you know, like I, you're disqualified outright there. And, and pray to God that there's nothing crazy that happens with the voting. Cause I, you know, he's always in that mix around the, the top guard spots and players like him. But my earnest hope is that, you know, the, the media we know will not give him 
much respect because of his, his games missed. My hope is the players also similarly do that. So I think uh, those are some of the things that, that um, again, matter to me. And then just as far as like how I look at it, um, you know, again, I, I do value combination of um, individual and team success. Uh, you know, I obviously I'm looking at individual numbers. I'm trying to look at some, um, uh, you know, advanced metrics. Um, you know, I do like to look at uh, like uh, PIPM and RPM j- just to like understand kind of, you know, is there anything crazy going on with guys, right? Um, you know, like a Trey Young guy who I think is what you, who you were kind of getting at with your initial question about, you know, good players on bad teams. Um, you know, the fact that he is putting up big numbers, but, you know, his, his defensive metrics suggest he is one of the worst defensive players in the NBA. And that is, you know, anybody who's watched the Hawks knows that like, and that's like what their big issue is. So the fact that he is, you know, symptomatic of the big issue with the thing that is preventing his team from being at all successful, like to me, that really matters. Right. Versus Bradley Beal, his team, not maybe quite as bad as the Hawks and Bradley Beal. I also wouldn't say is like, Oh, his horrible defense is emblematic of the wizards uh, and why they're not good. You know, like, I don't, I don't think you can kind of draw that close of a connection. So I, I give like the edge there to, to a guy like Beal over, over Trey young. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know any, anything. And, and again, I don't know. And I don't have like a, Oh, uh, this many wins mean, means that this team has to get X number of players, which obviously is especially relevant to a team like the bucks. But that said, you know, I definitely do kind of have a smell test of, you know, if a team is in the sixth spot and they have two and a team that is best in the league has one to me that, that, that requires some explanation. And I'm not saying that it can't happen, but I think there is a, um, I do like to have a little bit of a reconciliation there between, you know, have some, some, some semblance of, uh, of sanity check there that, that, Hey, if you're playing on a really good team, that probably means that team should have, you know, more representation than teams that are way behind them or at least equal representation of teams that are way behind them. But I don't know anything else, I guess, like philosophically that kind of you bring to this when you sort of think about how to reward guys and, and, or how to punish guys that, that maybe don't meet to, to some of your criteria. Well, when I when I'm thinking about this and when I put a bunch of guys together, because I think there's there's plenty of guys that could be on the bubble. I think that injuries this year have sort of made it a little bit easier because if a bunch of these guys, Kyle Lowry was one that you mentioned, I think he's probably an all star, but I haven't got him in there because of the games that he's missed. And and Brogdon again is probably going to be a bubble guy if he he was healthy, but uh, he hasn't been, so he's out for mine as well. So. The, the way that I look at it then is that I, I've got 11 guys that I feel pretty comfortable on. I've got the Celtics guys. We can go through this in a little more detail, but the Celtics guys, I've got uh, Kemba Walker. And then the, I've, got, I've got them having a second all-star, but it's Brown slash Tatum. Mm. Either or. I, I, don't, I, I might be leaning towards Brown a little bit more than Tatum, but uh, I think that they get a second one. They definitely don't get three. And then the other decision that I have is, which you just pointed to, the bad teams. I've got Trey Young, Bradley Beal, and I, I guess you could maybe make a case. I know he's making his own case more than anyone, Zach Levine, but I, I've got them three together. You only get one of them. I, I'm not having multiple guys 
on really bad teams. Like, so for me, I don't know. We'll see how you went. But for me, there's only one of those. I'm probably at this point uh, leaning towards Beal. Um, but I also really don't care between those three. I, I think that they're putting up uh, huge numbers. Trey Young and Beal in particular, top 10 in the league for scoring uh, points per game anyway. Uh, and Levine's made a sort of a, a run at it late. But I don't know. Them three are in there together. I don't... I, I, two of them aren't getting in. Um, but as far as each team in, in the playoffs, I've got Giannis and Middleton locks for the Bucks. For Miami, I've got Butler and Adebayo. Uh, who else do I have with two teams? Celtics already mentioned have two. Uh, the Sixers, I have got Embiid and Simmons. Uh, I think Ben Simmons is going to get voted in. I think that's, I'm probably projecting what I think is going to happen. Uh, he's been on a pretty good run. Uh, lately with him beat out, which <laughs> again, I mean, that just adds to the to the conversation that we keep having about the Sixers. And also, it'll be interesting to see whether Embiid actually plays anyway, so there might be a replacement there. And the one guy that I've got in there, and I want to see him in, you mentioned Kyrie Irving. I've got Spencer Dinwiddie. We're going to see what happens with Kyrie Irving. Now, all of a sudden, he's got a hamstring injury. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that guy. Nobody knows. He comes back, plays two games, pots his whole uh, roster, throws them under the bus, and now he's injured again. So, uh, I don't know, but Dinwiddie's been having a pretty good season. So I haven't really given this conversation any direction at all there. But uh, is there any names that I mentioned there that you are uh, throwing straight in the trash? <laughs> uh, I had Dinwiddie on on my bubble. Um, so let me let me just give you. I'll just read them off. I'll give okay. you my five. Like if I was picking, and again, if you know Trey Young, for instance, gets in as a starter just because of having a really high popular vote and gets enough of the um uh uh, enough of the media and player vote that you know he's a starter which i don't know how likely that is but it's it's at least possible then obviously this kind of throws it off a little bit but um you know obviously the the i'd I'd say four of the starters are pretty easy uh i've got Giannis, siakam and Embiid up front um i've got kemba as one of my guards and then i have simmons as the other guard um, and again, I, as you mentioned, I think if this was like a month ago, um, Simmons is uh, a reserve for me. Um, but I think again, and he's such a he's such a strange player. I mean, I don't like him personally, um, but you know, we've seen it obviously with uh, with Embiid as out as you mentioned that that Simmons just you know he's super dynamic, and you put him in a position where he's not having to share the ball with you know, a low post player who kind of gets in his way and, and obviously he can do some really special stuff. And I think also he, he's an elite defender. And I think I, I'm just yeah. so impressed by um, the way he, mainly the way he defends small guys. Right. I mean, we, you know, we've jokingly um, you know, seen Giannis uh, uh, given the business <laughs> inside, but um, the way he's able to at his size, move around the perimeter and harass smaller guys. I think it's just really impressive. But anyway, I don't want to talk more about Ben Simmons. So that's my five, my starting five. Um, my uh, next seven. So these are the guys I picked, and then we can talk about who I, who I didn't pick here. Um, but I had uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, interestingly, Jimmy Butler's shooting twenty-seven percent from three this year, but he's still above average efficiency because he gets to the line a ton. Um, he's been a playmaker, a rebounder, and obviously the Heat have been really, really good. So I, I do have Jimmy. Um, I've got uh, Demetrius Sabonis. Uh, he's just been so good, so steady. Uh, for that Indiana team. I, I don't think there's any question he's there. He's been their best player. And obviously Brogdon missing all those games kind of, I think for me makes it kind of a no brainer that he would be the, you know, token pacer to get, to get the nod. Um, 
And then I've got uh, Chris Middleton. Um, and I was listening to the uh, Bill Simmons podcast today with Ryan Rosillo and, and Joe House. They did a um, an all-star discussion as well. And I was pleasantly surprised that like they didn't have any debate over Middleton. Um, so that was that was encouraging because I think a few weeks ago I would have had concerns over that. Um, so anyway, we can talk more about Middleton because obviously he's one of our dudes and uh, we enjoy um, the fact that we can celebrate Chris Middleton being pretty awesome this year, uh, especially after signing that huge contract. But uh, I do have Middleton there. Um, I have Bradley Beal. Uh, he is my token uh, good, stats, good stats, bad team guy. Yeah. Um, I do have Lowry. Um, okay. Some of the uh, like advanced stuff seems I was were lower than I expected on him this year. Um, he's down the pack a bit in terms of RPM. His PIPM is very unimpressive, I would say. Um, his raw numbers are still, uh, you know, kind of look look still look pretty good. Uh, and then I think just again, even though they played well without him. Um, you know, I think uh, him and Siakam and what they've meant to uh, that Raptors team this year, I think, you know, they deserve a lot of credit. And plus, you know, he's another guy too that, you know, when in doubt, um, we know that he's obviously a pesky, uh, a pesky defender. I can't say if he's been better or worse this year than previous years, but, you know, he's Kyle Lowry. You know, it's not like we're talking about a Trey Young guy or something like that. So, um, so I do have, uh, I do have him. So I do have those two Raptors. Uh, and then I have a second heat player. I do have Bam, um, Bam Adebayo, uh, who, you know, has made a really nice sleep. And it's kind of funny. I mean, I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember when um, there was the talk uh, in the draft a few years ago um, where the Bucks apparently had him really high? Like they had him, I think like ninth on their board or something like that. And I think this was in DJ, I guess it was DJ Wilson draft. And so there was talk like, oh, they were going to pick him at number nine. And it, it was interesting because it seemed like a lot of people like used that as ammunition that the Bucks were like, what a weird, like that, that was a, a strange evaluation to have that, that they were like overrating Bam. And, you know, this was obviously also a year after Thon Maker was picked. So I was like, well, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> wasting a pick on another big guy. Um, but apparently they were right about that because, you know, and, and Miami's system I'm sure has helped, you know, just the development work they do with young players probably has also helped Bam reach his, um, you know, his, at least maybe not his full potential, but, but at least his near-term potential. Um, so just to the kind of his two-way impact and, and in, you know, just kind of weird. I mean, he doesn't shoot from the perimeter, but he's a facilitator, uh, defensively super versatile. Um, so I do have Bam. And then the last spot, you know, a few weeks ago, I would have said Jalen Brown over Jason Tatum. Um, I swung back towards Tatum. Um, he has been more up and down offensively, but I think he's also just a better offensive player. And like to me, Brown is more of just come more opportunistic, I would say offensively and kind of benefits from teams focusing their energies on, on Kemba and, and Tatum. Um, I'm really not a big Jason Tatum fan. I would have to say, so I feel a little bit weird putting him in here. Um, but I, I, you know, the, his defensive metrics and his improvement there um, has been kind of a constant thing. I mean, I can look in some of these, some of the, the RPM, PIPM, some of these stats are very favorable towards him. Um, and then just people saying, just based on the eye test, he's become a much better defender this year. And obviously the Celtics 
have been a very nice surprise outperforming expectations. Um, and, and again, it's not like Kemba is by far the, like, you know, Kemba's not averaging 28 points a game and, you know, these other guys are kind of right, you know, um, just complimentary, like Tatum's um, Tatum Brown Hayward, surprisingly Hayward too, even though it feels like he's struggled a bit of late. Um, they're all, you know, 20 plus points per game right around there. Um, and, and Tatum is kind of leading the way on that front. So, I do have Tatum there. Um, and as far as the snubs, um, I have Brooke Lopez as, as my third buck that I would say mm-hmm. is, is pretty close. Um, I think there's a good, I think you can make a good argument um, that Lopez's impact has been greater than um, even a Tatum or potentially a Bam. I think it's harder. It's, it, you know, it's, it makes it hard just with Brooke not shooting the ball well. It makes it so much harder to make his case because if he was putting up his offensive, like, you know, his offensive shot chart and efficiencies from a year ago, then I think this is way easier to, to make this. And I think he's, he would, to me, would definitely be all-star worthy. But it is just tougher this year just because his offense has been so much less consistent given how dependent he is on the three ball. Uh, but defensively, he's been even better. And, uh, you know, I just think uh, ho- hopefully this will be a recurring theme. That people continue to acknowledge Brooks' defensive contributions. But I would have Brooke as my third buck um, over Bledsoe just because I think what Brooke does is more unique and, and less replaceable. Um, so I have Brooke in that mix. As I mentioned, I think Jalen Brown's in that mix. Brogdon in that mix, but I think is a clear-cut uh, miss this year just because of the injuries and just also just his numbers have tailed off a lot and it's kind of funny if he had if his December came in November um, I'm curious how different the narrative would be on Brogdon just because he started off so hot and then he's kind of cooled down significantly as far as just his shooting splits are are way down um, and you know his points and, and, and assist numbers have tailed off a, a good a good bit as well over the past month or so so um, and again, he's still having a good year in the Pacers and he's obviously a big part of the Pacers, uh, I think playing at a high level, even without Oladipo. Um, but I, I just don't think you can make him an all-star this year, given the competition. And then obviously Trey, again, those offensive numbers that he's putting up, um, you know, in any other year, uh, on any other team, it's a no brainer that he's got to be an all-star. I think he will be an all-star. Um, but I will just use this forum to, uh, you know, take my righteous stand against <laughs> uh against trey and again i'm sure he will be an all-star for many years to come so this is maybe also me kind of being an you know an old man telling the young guy who doesn't play defense to get off his lawn uh but i i have trey as a as a snub and then i also have dinwiddie as a snub dinwiddie's sneaky inefficient um i would because i was looking at him i think he's shooting like 40 41 from the field 30 percent ish from three He's never been a great three-point shooter, um, but he is, I think he's like 53 point something percent true shooting. Uh, does get six six plus assists per game as well. Um, but again, just, uh, you know, kind of pretty meh efficiency. And I don't think any of the advanced metrics like kind of show him to be a huge, a huge impact guy um, as far as like a PIPM, RPM, if I remember correctly. So uh, as much as I prefer Spencer Dinwiddie to uh, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, I'm I'm just I'm I'm not able to get over the hump uh, with him being the uh, the lone Nets All Star this year. 
Well, okay, Frank. I mean, we couldn't agree on everything. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that we at least have one point of difference in our all-star teams. But I do want to leave it there for today because uh, I have a bunch of other things I want to throw at you. I want to start with Brook Lopez tomorrow. I've got a, a path for him that he could potentially make it. I don't think it's likely, but he could potentially, if this uh, plays out the way, uh, possibly could in my mind. And the other guy, I want to throw some numbers at you with Eric Bledsoe because I think he's gone so far uh, from the points of, of being looked at from sometimes a an, negative an point of view that some of the numbers for him this season are kind of kind of surprising to look at when you compare him to some of the other bubble guys we've spoke about. But uh, let's reconvene tomorrow. The Bucks uh, continue their path towards the game in Paris on Friday. We've got more to talk about tomorrow, including Rising Stars, potentially Dante DiVincenzo. And then the other events is a pack on and get into the dunk contest. We want to go through all that with you guys. So for now, for Frank Madden and myself, Kate Pittman, we'll catch you guys tomorrow.